paintings? They're us. You're the boobs? Sorry, once Jason said it, that's all I can see. Because I love you. Because you feel just as alone as I do. I'm sorry our parents were such wankers. And I understand that you can't accept my apology because that would quench your creative thirst. They forced us to compete. And that competition has fueled your art for decades. It's so awful and I'm so sorry. They were wankers, weren't they? Oh. Steven, I've been withholding some news from you for quite some time now. I think it's time that I let you know that your birth father, your white daddy, yeah. was not trampled to death at a Dave Matthews Band concert when he what? was bending over to give a, a, a scantily clad Dave Matthews fan a, a, a rim job. Yeah, I, well, that tracks. He's alive, and he's living in good old Sarasota, Florida. Really? How, how would you react to that if you knew that you could go to this place, you could have this confrontation you've been thinking of, dreaming and salivating over your entire life? What would I your think opening line be? I want to start with something topical, something light, but not, you know, undercutting the gravity of this moment. So I'd probably right. hit him with a nice, like, 1997... What's up? But bad I wouldn't start. like saying before judging that. I'm your start. Bad start. Yeah, and then he'd be like, "Do I know you?" <laughs> and I'd say, "Actually, no, no, not really." And I don't know you either, but I am your son. And then after a long chase through an alley where he tries to run away, yeah. we would tenderly and passionately embrace before I stab him through the heart <laughs> with a dagger, and I say. This one's for Jonestown. And then I walk away. Well, do you think that it would be maybe well, a similar... Isn't Jonestown where that, like, cult Everybody cult? drank Kool-Aid and died. Fuck. That started in Indiana. Did you know that? Yeah, I, heard, I hours heard that. and hours of audio footage of the day that happened, that the, wow. the Kool-Aid thing happened. And it is some of the... Was it a the, nice party? <laughs> it is some of the most haunting, upsetting things you will ever experience highly recommend it if you're looking and today we're playing that audio instead of the podcast surprise (laughs) happy halloween yeah when you saw that this podcast was 36 hours long that's why (laughs) do you think there are risks of it being a similar situation where you knock on that door and cute little potato pie patricia opens the door and you've got to reckon with well how come you weren't here for me pa do you think it'd be a similar thing hmm if the kids were also biracial, yes. <laughs> but only if that's Which I the think case. they are. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Into the Time Knife, a good place rewatch. That's right. We're starting off the show, digging up Steven's trauma. I'm putting him on the spot. <laughs> what are we talking about next? What are you most insecure about, buddy? 
Um, you know, I wish my toes weren't so big, you know? There we go. We wish his big, ugly, awkward <laughs> monster toes were just a little bit more pleasing on the eye. <laughs> and when you do meet your father and you get to yell at him, you can see what his toes look like. Yeah. And then really give it to him for Show me those piggies. You. I'll wrestle to the ground. <laughs> That's your shoes. opening line. Show That's... me those piggies. Show Why those did you piggies. give me these toes? He'll be so confused. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Zach. I don't have an opening line, but I think I've said enough already, Stephen. I'm Stephen, and who am I? Avril Lavigne? <laughs> it's great. What's our version of Skater Boy? Who am I? What's my persona as the like bad boy that you're not sure if you can get with or not? As Avril Lavigne of the song. Mm. He was a boy... Wait, I don't... What do you think? Let's see. So you're the skater boy. Yeah, but I'm not a skater boy. I'm a different kind of boy. What kind of boy would I be? What word ah. indicates who I am as a person? He was a... Rick Moranis. Fancy boy? A fancy boy? <laughs> you could be a fancy boy. Are you a sometimes, fancy boy? I feel a little bit sometimes like I'm a little bit of a pretty fancy boy. I've seen a picture of you where you looked fancy. Which one? The one where you're like dancing with Lil. That's a little oh, fancy. Oh, sure. I just mean, like, I like to go out and act like I could be a fancy boy fancy? throwing down. I don't know. I'm Zach. And he's a fancy boy. I like that. How you he doing, buddy? A fancy boy. I'm great. I'm really excited to be here. It's been two weeks since we've recorded. We've got mm -hmm. a little bit of catching up to do personally. A lot of things I've been meaning to talk to you about to really uh, hit you over the head Other with. Other than a lot my, of things my father really been not being dead. Me. Yeah, I've been <laughs> working on bringing that up for a long time. Um <laughs> I just thought it was worth mentioning. You're he so keeps brave. texting me. I don't know why. <laughs> well, you also have that moment like Eleanor has at the end of the episode where mm. her mom says, you know, I, I can see that despite my absence, you become such a cool person. And he'll be able to say, despite my absence, you created such a strange podcast. Yeah. I hope that he's a patron. My dead dad. What do you think the odds are that your dead dad has ever caught wind of my estranged son does a community or a good place podcast? Well, Zero? I mail him the cassettes, so hopefully he, he I'll listens. drop it. Welcome to the show, everyone. We're going to start out by shouting out our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those people are, of course, Mary Baker Budisa. Chad Delante, which I imagine is Steven's father's name, <laughs> Danny M. Lugo, Justin Fortier, Lil S. Haker, and new to the list this week, welcome aboard. We appreciate it very much, Sarah M. Thanks, Sarah M. I appreciate you coming on board and all of our patrons, which you can start the support of Can't Disappoint Podcasts and everything into the Time Knife and beyond, starting at $5 a month over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. The second half of season one of The Basement, our That 70s Show Rewatch podcast, is starting back up. And boy, what a good time to be talking about that show, huh? Hey Just topical. Everyone in the cast is looking great right now. Hey. You, I am sure, heard about all that stuff, right? Topher Grace is looking great right yes. now. Yes, yes. <laughs> Come on the Not show, so Topher. Much. Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a great time, great topical time to be bringing that show up and all the people mm -hmm. in it. So join us on Patreon as we talk about every episode of that show, just full of upstanding Hollywood citizens <laughs> and other things like you can't just a pre-show, our live pre-show every week. You get this show a week early every week. Uh, you can get all of Brokeback Bebop season three before it airs mm -hmm. and the rest of season two. All that and more, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Steven, how are yeah. you two weeks? Are you feeling healthier? 
You know, I'm feeling much better. Oh, last time we did this, I was a little bit under the weather. The I'm last feeling time much we better did this, now. we recorded two in one day, and I think they both turned out well. But it was yeah. a stretch of a day. It was a strain. Was a, that's for it sure. It was a it was a fight, physically and emotionally. Mostly physically. We got we we punched a in lot. the middle of recording two podcasts and other things, and Stephen being sick. <laughs> I did drive to Chicago because we needed to face something man to man. Yeah, we got real muddy. Yeah, and then real we, tussly. Then we kissed a little. Yeah, more than a little. I'm good. You well, know, we we gotta... well, we didn't say it all on the first night, you know, because sex mostly. Yeah, exactly. And I like Eleanor's face in that scene. She's just disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's been good. I've I've watched over 150 episodes of One Piece. Staggering, which is like one percent of the show. Yeah, it's a lot. There's like 1,100 episodes of that show, but it, it's been really fun. That's like 20 seasons of a current 13 episode show. I was looking, 10 seasons of a and I have show. close to 270 entries on my My Anime list, and there are only 10 that I've seen more episodes of than One Piece now. And you're still just at the beginning. Yeah. In the I'm grand scheme of the, it. In the grand scheme of things, very early on. Wow. So that's what you did for the last two weeks when we didn't have a podcast to record? I thought you'd have more fun things to report. Well, I actually, yesterday... Really Are you going to tell the, the story that you've been holding out on for a while? I am. So Danny and I were going to this Asian market that's relatively new in Chicago, which was cool. really cool. And I got lots of fun stuff. I got like some Is that where you took Kit the picture Kat. of the wall of yeah. anime beverages? Yes. That was pretty neat. Which I'm going to crack open a Zorro sparkling water here that's honey lemon flavored. In a bit. Sounds good. Excited to taste on that. Stay um, we got tuned. some really yummy Guys, snacks, Stay too. tuned. He's going to crack it open. Psst, Don't miss I'll it. I'll give some ASMR. But on the way there, you know, Danny was like, well, we can take the bus or we can Uber. And I was like, well, it's you know, the weather's a little rainy. Let's Uber. So I, as well known to our You Can't Disappoint You've brought it up a family, lot of times. I do not like talking to my Uber no. drivers. And it's not that I'm not a friendly person. It's just for my job, I have to be on all day. And when I'm not at work... I'm either recording this or, you know, being on in a lot of capacity. Or watching 160 episodes. Yeah. So I need to have my time where I'm just silent. I always have my headphones in. I'm on my phone. Don't. You know, I get that. Yeah. I'm not trying I to do I honestly completely get that. I really appreciate my alone, quiet time a lot. Yeah. I crave that. But I get. Usually I don't do it when there's like another person there trying to be friendly and nice to me <laughs> at the time. I'm usually I'm like, this nice is my time. <laughs> you shut the fuck up and drive I, i've got a five-star rating it's crazy but <laughs> you you pig you turn around i know it's a problem when i open the door to i open for danny to uh -oh. get in the car and i see like a piece of paper taped to mm -hmm. the seat with a photograph and multiple qr codes and i'm like oh, oh no. no this is gonna be a thing and and i say for steven and the driver goes for stefan steven stefan steven and i get in the car and i'm like yep and then he asks, is it Stefan or Steven? And I said, it's Steven. He said, oh, it's a, it's a tricky one. And like, there's music <laughs> playing really loud. And I can see that like the tablet that he has perched in the center console, he has like three windows open. One of them is the Uber app. One of them is Waze. And one is what is very clearly a YouTube video of him DJing. And I'm like, oh no. And then like I at see a party. Worse, in a room by himself. And 
and so then I look at the at the paper on the seat, and I see that it says DJ Epic One, and has like yes. links to like Cash Apps and Vin- all the like a shit ton of links. Like his link tree was there. Well, and you're then, definitely shouting him out now, so please I am. find him. DJ yeah, what? I, Epic One. Uh, E P I K. Then the letter I followed him on. I subscribed to his YouTube channel nice. at Threat of Death. <laughs> yeah, he so made sure you did. He looked yeah, so the whole he's time. like driving and like. And we just like turn off of our street, even to where I live. It's not very far from my home to like the intersection when you turn. We turn and he's like asking questions, like, so "What's your girl's name?" And I was, and then Danny goes, "Danny." And he's like, "Ah, oh, tell me something interesting being about that's her." Also there, and yeah, could have and, asked and her, I'm hey, like, "Oh name? no!" And he's like, "Tell me something interesting about her." And me wanting him to know as little as possible about us because he's a strangerous man. I said, "Ah, oh, she's from Mexico." And he said, "No, no, like a hobby, something cool." Oh. And, I, and I was like, she's a dancer. And he's like, okay, tell me something about yourself. I said, I'm a dancer too. He's like, oh, word? And he's like, well, <laughs> I'm actually a DJ, a producer, and a rapper. And so oh, yeah, I like to is. do a little freestyle off the top for my, my writers, you know, and, and like feel free to record. Actually, Steven, you're, you're, you're in the best spot to record. Uh, so <laughs> go ahead and do that. And you can go ahead and start Steven, recording. Was that Stefan? I'm not sure if And so then he like up. turns up a beat. He's like, you recording? And then Danny like had a I was like, I said, she is. He's like, well, pass the phone to Steven. And so that's when <sighs> Danny started the video. So you hear him say, pass the phone to Steven. And you're and the whole time, proceeds... I'm sure, with the vibe of like, I'm good. <laughs> Or this were you proceeds... like at this point, this is an experience and I'm into it? Well, in my thought is I'm like, okay, I'm gonna this listen can go to a this. couple ways. And and I don't and most people listening don't know this, but I I have in the past rapped and, and made music, things like and that. And made so... people listen to it as you drove them. Yeah, often. I and I don't think I of could myself sing as a Stephen Baker original but... right now if I wanted to, but I won't. <laughs> one of the you good could ones sing the too. first one of the old ones. The first one. Fun was fact. that the first? That was the first. Not bad for your first. Thank you. Yeah. Not good, but not, not bad great for, for in the, yeah. the general scheme of. Well, let art. me tell you, if I had to give this 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 ninety second yes. freestyle, which was not the entirety of the ride, unfortunately for everyone, he did. It more was like that, a yes. solid four point five out of ten. And you're a harsh critic. Yeah. So like, most people would more people maybe give it like, like a six? if I were a white couple from mm-hmm. Iowa, I'd be like, that was really nice. And I was trying to hype him up. I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Cause like he was like making jokes. It didn't really rhyme very much. Mm-mm. And then he ended it and he's like, epic one. <laughs> and like at some point during the freestyle, he like pointed to the thing. Like he's like, and you the can camera. go ahead and show him that there. So you can go and go to the link and subscribe and like, and then maybe send me a cash app if you want to leave a tip, huh? And I was like, wow, that was great. Thank you. This is and... gone from you saying, I have a video of this and you can include it in the podcast if you want to. Absolutely. We're yeah, going to let just this man the video, so I'm busk gonna... on our podcast. Yeah, so we got to throw him on there. for you to give me a little hype up to this video. Okay, so <laughs> so right here we're going insert to tr- insert the clip, okay? Just know this man was following his dreams. This is the modern day equivalent of standing on the corner handing out CDs to anyone that'll listen. Because you, you know can't what? Escape. You can't escape. He's going like 40 his miles an hour. Is one to four at a time, and you can't go anywhere. <laughs> Imagine if someone was in the front seat while he's doing this. But, you know, DJ Epic One, shout out him pursuing his dreams. Here's the clip. Ready? Yeah. Alright, yo. Yo, off of the top, I'ma give you something to believe in. This is rhyme and reason, I'm chilling with Danny and Steven. 
no doubt, man, I'm about to get this to the PH. So my man did you, you can call you stepping. So I gotta check it. Off of the freestyles, no doubt. So advanced, and this is how it goes. It don't even stand a chance. But I'ma break it down like a tango dance. Yo, there's no yes. doubt, man. This is how I rip it down. Something you can't mishandle. But speaking of which, you guys in more ways than one do the tango. <laughs> so that's how it goes off of the flow, no doubt, man. This is how it goes. It ain't even hard to do, but I'ma break it down like a ballroom. So nice. no doubt, man. This is how it goes off of the flow. I exaggerate it. But it's so in sync when you guys dance. It's so coordinated. So yo, that's how it goes off of the freestyles. I'm rocking dead beats. But me, I can't do shit dancing because I got two left feet. <laughs> I'm just playing. I do the average two step. When it comes to the flow off of the top, I get it correct. So no doubt, man, this is how it goes off of the flow when I'm about to spark it. Yo, Steven has never been to this place called the Gangland Market. So yo, God, that's what I do. And he's like, yo, but I really do like Asian food. So I'ma wrap it up, it's something like a Christmas gift The name is Epic One, so you don't forget You can show them this And there's the Instagram in case you wanna give it a hit So there's the Venmo in case that you wanna leave me a tip It's Epic One Heck yeah! I haven't heard it yet, so I can't react to it mm -hmm. actively But what I'll say I feel like what this guy wants more than anything in the world mm -hmm. is for some guy to record him uh -huh. that happens to have a thing that a spattering of people listen to. DJ Epic One, welcome to the scene. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the scene. Please, I hope you find this. I, I hope you remember Steven's name next time the right way and come on the show. I would love to bring him in live for a Zoom DJ performance. I don't think he's that busy. No, well, he's the or, the the driving. I'm sure takes up a lot most yeah. of the time. That's why he's got to do it while he's driving because he's driving a lot. Driving. Uh, a lot. I would love more than anything for us to do a special podcast mm -hmm. where he joins us via Zoom and like DJs the whole thing. So the rest of the ride, when he finishes, I'm like, wow, that was that was that was cool. And then he's like, yeah, you know, and then he was quiet for about like 30 seconds. Nobody said a thing. And then he like changed the screen to like him DJing. And he's like, hey, just so you know, uh, yeah, I'm a rapper, but I also DJ on this radio station. Taps the paper. Sundays <laughs> from 10 p.m. to midnight. That's QR code six for those <laughs> keeping up at home. <laughs> Number five is the Yelp. And Don't then he like five. turned it up really loud and was like, yeah, so if you ever tune in, like I'm there DJing, you know, and it's, and it's called like hi-hats and kicks because of the kicks and zooms in Fuck on his yeah. shoes. And and they were just shoes, like it was just shoes. Wait, and so he's driving the car, but he's also like zooming in on the video, so you can yeah, make sure to. He's done this see. so many times. He's, he's really got this rehearsed down. And then like we were riding the rest of the way, and he was like asking like I don't know. It was just really uncomfortable because I think he should have done it where he's like, okay, I'm gonna freestyle for 90 seconds, but it's gotta be the last 90 seconds of this ride. Like it has to be. But no, he did it the because first. Because I'm gonna seconds. say some stuff that I'm not gonna be able to come <laughs> back from. But it was, and, and afterwards, I got out of the car and I looked at Danny and I said, "You know, Danny, that should be like my nightmare." But honestly, I'm really proud of him because, like, the courage to do that to two complete strangers who like could be very mean to you and like not tip you. I'm give sure he's gotten score. people that laugh at him. I'm sure he's yeah. gotten people that stone cold sh shoulder him. Yeah, uh, yeah, I feel that. I'm sure Because in my mind, when he too, said, I'm going to freestyle rap, my first thought was, please don't. <laughs> but I was like, I can't crush this 39-year-old man's dreams. Who Here's am what I? You say. Here's what you say next time. You say, 
Mr. Epic One, I'm sorry. I just found out my dad isn't dead. <laughs> I need this to be a silent uh, uh, Right off the top, off the top, your dad's dead. Oh, well. You filming this? No, you he's got not. This? Pass the phone. Get me Pass on the, the video like you wish you had your papo. Yeah. DJ Epic One, please find him. Tell him you found him because so of Into I'll the Time Knife. Get him on the show. Get him Follow on him show. on. He, we will he not has pay a YouTube channel. If you um, hear this and you want to come on the show, we can and will not pay. But we would love to have you join. Did I give him a tip? Or did I punish him? I don't know. His tip is our exposure. So. <laughs> there we go. I gave him a free worth, plug. That's got to be worth pennies. The like more people are going to hear this than will ride in his car today. I can guarantee that. That Okay, that's, that's really assuming well of us. Well, you don't do that many rides in a day. I, Not if you got to make it to the radio station to DJ. How many people do you DJ? think are listening to... <laughs> Yeah, you're probably more right. than anyway. three. Anyway, Mr. Epic One, big fan. Haven't heard you yet. Please come on the show. I had a really exciting. He requested week too. to follow me on Instagram, and I haven't accepted it yet. I followed one of my favorite bands. I talked about it. I went to see three Ween shows across three states. I could say a bunch about it, but I'm not going to because that was an epic one of a story. Yeah, nice. I, I'm sure it'll come up. That was a higher but... quality than most of the puns in DJ Epic One's rap. I can't top that. What I can't top that. I'll come up with other stories as we go on. I think we should get into the good place. Let's get into the good place. That was a great I can't story. Think, you know who's going to the good place? DJ Epic One. It's gotta be DJ Epic One. Come Maybe. On. The way he used the word tango twice. I can't say twice. whether or not he's getting or losing points until after I've reviewed the yeah, video. Yeah, well, be your own judge. Write us yeah. in. Do you think DJ Epic That's One awesome. deserves to go to the good place or the bad place based on that 90-second snippet? So these of videos life? of him DJing are just videos of him in a room? It's like at a radio station, but you can't see any of the station part. You just see like him at a... T- like It it's could very well be fake and him be at sound home. quality? It's okay. Yeah. I'm playing it at the end of the episode. We're going to close out the well, episode. Well, he has songs that you can play yeah. at the end of the episode, We're gonna too. We're going to, for sure, play some DJ close Epic up one. the episode with Hell some DJ yeah. Epic One. The whole Without time that this was happening, all, all I could think of, of is I can't wait for this to be on the To podcast. tell Zach, you did text me yeah. immediately, I can't wait to tell you what just happened to me in an Uber. <laughs> I've never and been so excited to tell you something. How far have we gone? That something happens to us in life and we're like, can't tell you, only when it's rolling. <laughs> Stay tuned till next time, Zachary, and you'll find course, out. <laughs> we are here to talk about The Good Place. It's season three, episode seven or six if you're six. a Steven type guy. Mm-hmm. If you're a Stefan, it's episode seven. If you're a Steven, <laughs> it's episode six. It's chapter 33 of Fractured Inheritance. Mm-hmm. This episode was directed by a name we've heard before, Beth McCarthy Miller, who previously directed Tahani Al-Jamil, Existential Crisis, and The Snowplow. And in the future, she directs two episodes next season, Employee of the Barami, and Help as Other People. So a good name. She knows her good place, for sure. Yeah. Going through the show, we've heard that name a few times, and every mm-hmm. time you mention The Fractured Inheritance, I'm like, oh, that's a good episode. It's that's coming up. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bury the lead. I've had... A troubled relationship with season three, especially based off of last week's episode, The Ballad of Donkey Doug. I went into this episode very hesitant. We'll see if it's the knockout that we were hoping. Yeah. This episode was written by a first-time Good Place writer named Cassia Miller. This is her first writing credit on the show. And she has two other writing credits next season, writing parts one and two of the season premiere, A Girl from Arizona, with Andrew Law, who is a name I believe we have heard before. Yes. This episode, A Fractured Inheritance, originally aired on November 1st, 2018. Heyo! 
and get Happy this. Halloween. No, that's late. Why would you say that? Because it's the day happened. after Halloween. You don't say Happy Halloween the day after Halloween. If you it's say, midnight and it's like 12.01 or it's like 1 a.m. But it's not. On November 1st <laughs> on streaming. That maybe. would be on November 2nd. God damn it. Maybe in some regions. So for the time segment zones, where we think go about back the time, time zones. to November 1st, 2018. Yeah, different yeah. time lands. Clocklands. Get this. We've talked about the number one movie already. It's still 2018's Halloween. Nice. We've talked about the number two movie. It is A Star is Born. I'm We've talked the about the number three movie. Wow. It is Venom. Nice. So we're talking about number four. Number, number four. four this week in the box office in the U.S. is a children's Halloween time sequel. <laughs> is it Goosebumps 2? Yes. Do you know what nice. it's called? Oh, fuck. Um, Wikipedia listed it having a different subtitle, like on the box office list that I use. And I was like, I don't remember that movie being called that. It's called something else. But I'll give you both titles. And if you can give me anything. Goosebumps 2, Things That Goosebump in the Night. (laughs) That's a good one. It's better than what it was. Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween. That sucks. But Wikipedia (laughs) listed it as Goosebumps 2, Slappy's Revenge. Fuck not Slappy's Revenge. Yeah. Uh, Although Slappy's Revenge was the name of... Or no, it was Night of the Living Dummy Part 2 was the name of the Goosebumps special. I saw someone with a Goosebumps shirt yesterday, Zach, and complimented it. We went to a really cool horror shop, the Horror House in Chicago that had a neat Goosebumps area. Oh, that's cool. It was a cool place. I bet that was a cool place. That place was cool, but even cooler, just around the corner is a record and bookstore called Buckets O' Blood. Mm. They had so many cool... Were you in Chicago's famous Halloween Town neighborhood? Yes. There were so many cool vinyl that they had. I found some Daniel Johnston vinyl, which is really tough to find. Oh, you like him. He's weird. We found a Record Store Day variant of Jack White's latest album that was on sale for $19. And it was a really cool cool, like blue splatter. That was a really cool place. You should go check that out. But anyway, Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween. I saw the first one. It has Jack Black as R.L. Stein. I liked Stein. the first one. It was fun. I believe the second one has a cameo from Jack Black as R.L. Stein. What do you think the critics over at Rotten Tomatoes thought of Slappy's Revenge? 31. It's higher by not an insubstantial amount. Unsubstantial amount. 46? That's really, really close. You are one off. 45. No. 47 from the critics Wrong on direction. Rotten Tomatoes. 47%. The audience at Rotten Tomatoes, do you think they're higher or lower on Haunted Halloween from 47%? I think it's probably pretty close. 52? No, it is lower. 39. It's a little bit lower than that. 37% from the audience on Haunted okay. Halloween. I've translated the Letterboxd, you know, the mm-hmm. movie nerds, the young folks, the real uppity types that are yeah. on Letterboxd. I've translated that to a percent out of 100, like Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So we've got 47 from the critics, 37 from the audience. Where do you think Letterbox sits within that? I think lower than the critics, for sure. Maybe lower than the audience. I'm going to say 35%. No, they're about the same as the Rotten Tomatoes critics at 46%. Wow. The number one album. Mm-hmm. This is an artist whose name I've heard, but I don't know any of his music. I believe he has done a song that features 2 chains, or like featured on a 2 chain song that's really popular. Mm -hmm. This is his debut. It was the number one album. No, 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 no. 
it was the number two album. I, the number one album was still A Star Is Born. Uh, the number two yeah. album was the debut from this trap rap artist. The lead single from this song is called mm-hmm. Workin' Me. And his top song on Spotify is called Hotel Lobby with like 200 and something million listens. It was the number two album this week. Why do I not know who this is? I've told you everything I know. (laughs) Yeah, that should be plenty. I truly don't know. Yeah, 2018, you probably listened listened to to this or at least were hip to it, right? Yeah, I was listening to most albums that came out at the time. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. This is the debut of Quavo. Oh, shit. Quavo Huncho is the name of the album with yeah, lead single Working Me. Solo debut. Is that how you say it? Quavo? Uh, yeah. Quavo Do you know married him? to... Do you like him at all? He's married to Cardi B and he's a member of Migos. Do you like him? Quavo is is good. Yes. Is he the... I, I'm... Who he's not dead. passed no. away from Migos? That was Takeoff. Hmm. Well, this album, his debut, we've got Pitchfork out of Take 10. Takeoff was Quavo's cousin, I believe. To the 10th out of 10. What do you think Pitchfork thought of Quavo Huncho? 7.9? No, it's lower. Ooh, by a lot? Define a lot. More than two? You said 7.9? Uh-huh. Not more than two. 6.4. No, it is exactly two lower. It's 5.9. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought it was okay. You did listen to this album. Mm-hmm. And then rate your music. This is kind of the letterboxed equivalent for music. What do you think they gave it out of 10 to the 100th? I've also, translated it from I'm 5 pretty to 10. Sh- what's the name of the album? Quavo Huncho? Quavo Huncho. I'm pretty sure this was a duet album with Travis Scott, wasn't it? It didn't say anything like that like in the album by or anything no? on Wikipedia. So Maybe he features on it, but I don't album? think it is a full album collaboration. Is the album cover like kind of don't drawn? Don't remember. No, it's not. I think you're thinking of a different one. I am thinking of a different one. I was thinking of Huncho Jack, Jack Huncho. Oh, that is the very different. Incredibly Quavo. different. Rate I'm music. dead ass serious. The album is Quavo Huncho versus the collab album Huncho Jack, comma, Jack Huncho. That was my confusion. Huh. Yeah. It's a little convoluted there. Out of 10 to the 6. Compared to the 5.9 from Pitchfork. You think a 6.5 on Rate Your Music, it is more than two lower. Oof. 4.1? It's lower than that. From Rate Your Music, we've got Damn. a 3.46 out of 10. Damn. So I believe when it was out of 5 originally on the site, it's like a mm-hmm. 1 point something out of that's 5. That's tough. Yeah. But that's that segment. We've got the number 4 movie, Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween. What do you think's better, <laughs> Haunted Halloween or Slappy's Revenge? I kind of like saying it. Yeah, Slappy's Revenge, because a haunted Halloween is yeah. the most generic thing I've ever heard in my life. You might as well Every just call Halloween it Goosebumps 2 Halloween. Right? Yeah. Really basic title. Didn't the first Goosebumps come out at Christmas time or something? Because it I didn't want to compete with something you. that came out at Halloween. Got like pushed. That sounds like something I would know. Why do you know that? I stay up on my Goosebumps news. <laughs> Just not the subtitles in different countries of the sequel, clearly. <laughs> We're going to begin lightly our discussion of A Fractured Inheritance, chapter mm-hmm. 33 of The Good Place, by stepping into our next segment, which is, of course, one of our favorites around here on Into the Time Knife. It's time to find out, did Stephen watch the episode did Stephen this watch the week? episode this week? Was that you as DJ Epic 1? I wish. It should have been. I thought about it. You've got 20 seconds on the clock. You've got to tell us everything that happens in this episode. Something that's going to be interesting for this recap is that my version of this episode is 
probably five, six minutes longer than yours. Yeah, what the hell? So maybe you're going to leave some wild. stuff out, and I'm going to be like, how come you didn't mention the endless <laughs> taco bar from minute 25? That's not really in the episode. Oh, I, shit, you might like, leave out things that I'm expecting you to mention mm-hmm. because they're not in the episode. Yeah. How do you feel? Even watching this, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to recap this the way that Zach likes. I, although I don't know that I know what Give Zach to me likes just the way point. I like it. No, of course not. You're giving because... me Cowboy Bebop range, what I like. Live action <laughs> Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, that's wild to me. That's your scoring system, sir. I'm, is tough. Skewed. I'm a tough cookie. Mm-hmm. You got 20 seconds. Yeah, let's see how let's it goes. Let's get into Zach. it. Let's see I'm going to give it, it my best. I've got the special. 20th anniversary naruto figure also this is for the 20th anniversary like it's it's cool it's fine sure but 20 years that's what you got did you get it okay. specifically because you could see his feet <laughs> yeah i just want those can little see, narutos his, does he have toenails can you see is it that detailed yeah it's got nails nice i can't yeah. see that well but yeah he's got nails he's got fingernails too all right, there's 20 seconds on the clock. For the those. first time ever on this segment, we're going to change up the rules, and you're going to start on go. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to count down, and on go, you're going to start. Are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one, go. Eleanor's mom's not dead, so she goes and finds her in Nevada, and guess what? She's playing Miss Nancy Housewife. She's got a daughter and a, and a nice husband, and she's running for PTA. Eleanor doesn't buy it, but she's really changed. Meanwhile, Tahani has to smooth things over with Camilla, and she's with Chidi, and Tahani apologizes. Camilla doesn't accept it, so Tahani causes destruction, but realizes that she's been the art the whole time, her Stop. and Camilla's relationship. Hmm. I like that you got she's been the art the whole time. Uh, I don't like that you didn't get the end of either of the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was good. I think you got distracted when I was impressed with your joke and then you got like impressed with yourself for impressing me. And then you kind of stopped talking uh, sense for a couple seconds. Do you agree? What was my joke? I don't even remember. Cause then I got distracted by how much you fucked it up after. Yeah. Not that bad. What was your joke? Something about I don't, little Nancy housewife. <laughs> you really like it. Yeah, I, I thought you, like you didn't like that. 20 seconds, uh, you could have gotten a little bit more out of it, but you didn't do bad. I think that's going to be a B. Thank you. Yeah, close to a Without, B plus A minus if you had it. gotten a couple more details, I think. Yeah. Well, why don't we slide right on in past that into some trivia as everyone's waiting on bated breath to see if I think this episode is a piece of shit like I thought Donkey Doug was, which is a <laughs> you totally fine Doug. episode of TV. It's just not as good as any other episode of The Good Place, and I do still stand by that. Uh, we're going to do some trivia. I've got eight questions. I've got ten for you, so I'm Go going to slang it at you first. Where is Eleanor's mom living? In Tarantula Springs, Nevada. You got it. How did Eleanor's mom die? She was bending down to pick up a or to adjust like a toe ring mm-hmm. at a it wasn't Dave Matthews that was a separate mm-hmm. joke you made yeah. it was at a Leonard Skinner concert no, no something no. worse that. way worse than that yeah a Rascal White Flats snake. concert Rascal Flats I like missed Rascal how Flats. she died you said she bent over and adjusted her toe ring but how did she die while doing somebody it? fall on her you don't even know she was trampled while Trample. bent over adjusting her, her toe ring at a Rascal <laughs> Flats concert. A lot of pieces to that one. Would you rather go to a Rascal Flats concert or a Dave Matthews band concert? Rascal Flats, easy. 
See, I don't want to go to either concert pretty desperately. I um, like some Rascal Flatts song. I would if they rather... fucking played Life is a Highway, I would cars. throw my entire ass onto the stage. Are you kidding me? I'd yeah, be but that's your favorite Rascal Flatts song, and that's not even their song. I mean, I like God bless the the broken road. That one's pretty. My wish for you. Mr. DJ Epic One, I know you're listening to this podcast. When you come in and DJ a full episode, you've got to pepper in Rascal Flatts' Life is a Highway into the track. I'd rather go to Dave Matthews Band, and I don't like either of them. What did you say? They had a song with Justin Bieber. Yeah. I couldn't go to a Dave Matthews concert because all the 40-something white moms would be trying to throw me their poon. What do you think? You think that you're just like that <laughs> astonishingly attractive? <laughs> For 40-year-old white you moms, in, yeah. They're all eyes on Dave, bro. But when they can't have Dave, they're going to settle for the young buck who's <laughs> blasting the words to pave paradise and put up a parking lot. See, that's your reason not to go, but I feel like five years ago, you would have been there. Oh, I would have been there. there. <laughs> it's covered in some musk You said cologne. poon, I in... believe? I believe you said yeah, poon. I did. Not proud of it, but... <laughs> not a pretty look on you. <laughs> no. Would you um, ever how be much able to did... look at your beloved life partner in the eye and use the word poon? You don't think so, could you? I probably could, but I wouldn't <laughs> feel good about it. Yeah. Would it feel worse than it does right now? Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> I've said it while looking you in the eye many yeah. times. I've requested it. Yeah. <laughs> Explicit. You called in and said, hey. You know after midnight, I only want you to refer to me as a piece of poon. Yeah. Uh, I think it's your turn still. It is. I, I'm thinking My about second question. Stuff. How much did Donna outbid everyone by mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. Gene Simmons date? Hmm. Well, she bid $30,000. Mm-hmm. So she was ahead by $28,800 or $29,800. Okay, $29,800. It was just $200 for a date with Gene. Date with Gene Simmons. That tongue does wonders. You think the date included like boning? I don't think it included, but I think Gene is open. Yeah, tongue like that go to waste. What sorority did Eleanor and Diana Tremaine attend together? Kappa... Beta Jones? Kappa Zeta Jones. Kappa Zeta Jones. Yes. Nice. Uh, what two Fail. cheeses does Camilla offer to Hani? I think I know it. Cheddar or Swiss? Yes, you're right. How much is the... You might not know this one because this might have been cut from your episodes. We'll see. How much is the museum's most expensive painting worth? $28,700? No. $39.2 million. $39.2 yeah, that that might not have been in your episode. That we'll was in my episode. episode. It was. They named the prices of two paintings, and then that's the end of the Jason and Janet stuff. Oh, no. there's a That's the beginning of their subplot in my wow. episode. Yeah. In which bar? That's your Excuse turn. me. It's your turn. Never mind. Excuse your excuse. Me. Stop looking at me and do your thing. <laughs> what is Diana's morning drink? I'm looking for the name oh, and a description of it. Seven by seven by seven. It's seven shots of sev- of Seagram seven at seven in the morning. And no, that not at seven is? in the morning. In seven minutes. Seven minutes. I got it right. I clearly I didn't hear the thing. line That's right because I I wrote it as a seven in seven in seven, where it's a Seagram seven in seven up 
in seven minutes, which is what a normal seven and seven, seven and seven is, is seven. No, it, in seven. mine, it definitely said maybe it it's said different seven or maybe you missed it. Seven I'll shots. I'll say that's probably correct. That's a funnier joke. You win. This was half of my next question, but there's another half to it. So I'll still mm-hmm. ask you it as a full question. In what bar did Dave and Diana Tremaine first meet? Skanky boot. <laughs> I would fuck up the skanky boot, but no, it was the desert rash. Desert rash. Nice. What is Camilla's exhibit called? Now, they, they the have it two different of, places. Yeah, this, it's the something of consumption. I'm not going to give that know. to you. We're looking for the persistence, persistence of conception. I think it was consumption because it's about eating and the omelet and food. Conception. They have it both on the front of the oh museum as you know well I as on a poster. And there's you a know subtitle I've never learned to read. That's why I next talk about to it TV in the exhibit. Not- Books. It says the persistence of conception, a reverie. What are Camilla's hyphenates according to the Budapest Museum? You know what that means? Yes. Chidi says them. Uh, the first shot of them in the museum in the episode while they're waiting in line. Philanthropist. Nope. <laughs> Singer, songwriter, artist extraordinaire. Yeah, kind of. Dancer nope. with a body that just won't quit. <laughs> She's a multi-platinum recording artist. She's a human rights activist. She's an Olympic medalist. And the woman Oprah calls my Oprah. That might have been in mine. That was funny. The woman Oprah calls my Oprah. I like that. The Oprah doesn't sound familiar, but I'd buy it. What does Chidi's name mean? Mm, Something about God. Mm -hmm. You know that my name means God watches, but that's not what this name means. It means... There is a God. <laughs> it's a stressful thing to name your kid. Yeah. God's always watching he your actions. He sees you when you're sleeping. Sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Yeah. <laughs> Something that I just DJ said or saying opened up Siri. You got the right thing, but it means God exists. Yeah. Okay. How old is little potato pie Patricia? Nine. Yes. Not three, not... I don't really know, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't nothing about kids. What two genes does Camilla brag that she got? My boldness gene and my good mm. eyebrows gene. Yeah. I'm doing pretty well. You're doing great, Zachy. I think Come on, Zachy, almost got him. Two more rounds, two more rounds. How did the votes turn out for the PTA secretary? Donna, Diana got like 41, and really then close. someone else got... 12 but you don't and know then the, the other person is. huge erection whatever nope. the name that but fartsington i just whatever complimented you the making up a funny name doesn't make it any better that you don't name know. was got one diana both of got these 40, nuts yes there you go diana got 43 close eileen capshaw received 12 mm-hmm. and one for both of these nuts that's close yeah what school is Donna running for PTA secretary at? MGM Grand Resort and Casino Junior High? Ooh, if you had gotten Middle one school? more piece of that correct, I would have I would have given it to you. It's the MGM school? Grand Luxury Resort, Luxury and, Casino. Resort and Casino. Of course. Elementary it's school. It's not just She's any nine, Zach. Yeah. She's I, nine. I don't know kids. <laughs> College, university. I've got one last question. <laughs> That's a really funny Vegas joke. Have you ever been to Vegas that you road tripped out there No, and that's one of those places that I don't want to go to so desperately. So if I was going to go to Vegas, it would be for like a a show or something. 
Mm. So when I have a reason to you go, come I'll watch go, me dance in like, like a my, couple months. When I have a valid reason, uh, when there's something that I want to be a part of going on there, Vegas is okay. That's kind of how I feel like I'd feel. I feel like I'd be there for two hours and it'd be a really fun two hours, and then I'd say I've seen it. Like if I were really rich, I might have fun in Vegas, or if I was a really lonely heterosexual male. And I'm only I one guess, of those things. <laughs> 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 i've got one last question for you where does donna eat after yoga and what does she have they go to the cheesecake factory and they share what is it avocado tempuras in my head tempuras in my head why why am i thinking be. tempura it shouldn't be it shouldn't <laughs> come on give me the fry something's uh, fried avocado egg rolls avocado egg rolls that's why what else come on now I guess. come on w- same vein same same continent what else well it, this is part of my question was what she had to drink well, that's uh, part of she my has question. chardonnay with asked, ice cubes but then how many how much well, she has one glass because it makes her sleepy, so she switches to water so she can drive home. Like a nerd. Like a nerd. The only thing I had, because my expression was, what does Donna drink with, with the other moms? And my answer was Chardonnay with ice cubes. So so uh, my, my last question for you, Zach, are you ready? You skipped it, yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm so ready. You ready? What does Michael love to do in the bathroom? <laughs> I love to sit on the thing and just shoot one out. Yeah, that was my favorite line of the whole episode. Because that was funny as shit. I'm a big fan of Dave and then Dave and Michael's friendship. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, Dave's great. The architects. Yes. There's a code. Andy Daly. Big fan of Andy Daly. From mm-hmm. Review. That's don't him. I don't think they talk Andy Daly in my episode. No, Andy Daly plays Dave. Don't think He's they talk the Andy Andy Daly in my episode. Don't Let's think get into the episode because we've Don't talked think they about name enough drop. nonsense already. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the show. Yeah, let's let's meet it up. I loved this episode. I'll say yeah. it finally. I think this is the type of episode that shows why they decided to do an Earth season. And it's finally giving us things for these characters that they could not have gotten had they never returned to Earth. Whether that's Eleanor's true closure and growing up when it comes to her relationship with her mother and when it comes to Tahani finally burying an important hatchet with her sister and being able to reach a common ground in a really tense and complicated relationship, I think these are really important stories that are told really well. I think the episode's really funny. I think all the characters are pretty well accounted for throughout it, especially in my extended cut, which gives a lot more to Janet and Jason. I think it's a good episode. The only thing I would say against this episode is that it feels a little overstuffed for how long it is. Because I think a full 22-minute episode just focusing on Tahani and Camilla would have been great with a lot Mm -hmm. more of the flashbacks and whatnot and vice versa. A full 22-minute episode about Eleanor, like getting really in with this new family that her mother has set up for herself. But that's not a complaint against the episode. That's just me wanting more than what I got, which is a good Zach, how's that plate of crow tasting? Because I remember just a mere couple weeks ago. Yeah. You were like, I don't like that they're going to go to the parents. No, no, no. <laughs> but I think I've also said about 150,000 times that I don't really remember these episodes that well. That's fair. And I remember You know what we do of... remember? We remember Ocean Bomb flavored honey, lemon, let's hear that flavor, crack. sparkling water. Let's, hear it. let's Let's crack this baby open. Ooh. Missed the first try. I couldn't hear it because of the zoom filter, but I'm sure it sounded great. 
How is it? Let's get a review. Wow, that's yummy. Out of 10 to the hundredth, what we give in that drink? 8.89. Great. Fantastic. What did you that's, think about this week's episode? You know, I really liked it, and I, I was excited going in because I remembered how much I liked the Tahani storyline, and I remembered a lot of that, and I remembered a lot of how beautifully written I think that storyline is. What I didn't remember was how I felt about the Eleanor storyline, and going in, I was like, okay, I remember that I, I like this, but I don't remember all the details. I don't remember how it all shakes sure. out, and there were moments where I was watching it where I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this because really? I don't like this regression but they trick you because in the episode, both characters seem like they've gone back to their bad yeah. selves. And then you see different levels of growth. And I think that it's so smart that we see the growth in Eleanor's mom and how truly the people you're around can make such a big difference for you. And I think that we'll talk more about it, but I think that that is just so awesomely written. I think this episode's fantastic. I, I think it is pretty good. It's not as good it's as really Jeremy Barramy quite, but I don't know, maybe second favorite of the season so far. I would say so. And it's really think- funny. It is really funny. And my only downsides to the episode are similar to yours. There's just not enough time to go into as much as you want, because especially because I didn't see the extended version. I get a minute Hair. and a half, maybe, yeah. of Jason and Janet, and it's finally them getting to spend time alone together yeah, in the real world. Line. And I they get run around a place holding hands. Oh, yeah, that's so sweet. It's and I got like none of that. And cute. And that sucks. Watching it, I get why in this stuffed episode, that's Mm -hmm. what they could cut. But it's a great storyline, and we'll talk about it. The two things that I remembered really well from this episode as I started watching it, I remember watching the episode for the first time and really liking the framing device of Michael and Eleanor in the car in the beginning of the episode and then at Mm -hmm. the end of the episode and the holding back of information and the revealing of information in the end in a way that I think feels much more natural and earned than the, oh, wait, your mom's alive that we got at the end of last week's episode. I think it makes for a really good ending and a different kind of emotional cliffhanger. And I also remembered once I got into the Tahani and Camilla and saw them in the art exhibit, the visualization of their relationship through her art the first time i see the boobs and jason comments on them i remember that exactly and i think that's also handled very very well and everything in between i loved so let's dive in the episode begins in tarantula springs nevada michael and eleanor are in a car together and they're scoping out where her mom may be they don't have information from janet because of her powers they just have information that janet could get on facebook Michael tells Eleanor that he didn't tell her that she was still alive because he told her that she had died and that she was tortured for centuries and that she's going to be tortured again. And he didn't want to be a bummer. Mm -hmm. I feel like you'd mention that you're back on Earth. We're helping people. Your mom's alive would be near the top of the list, I think. You don't think I, so. I kind of went with Michael in this one. I think that wasn't very pressing to him at the time. Maybe not immediately, but sooner than it came up. Sure. But now he says, even though we know she doesn't know everything, that Eleanor knows everything about her life. And Eleanor is just, her mind's blown. She says that a police officer came to her house and told her the story about the tow ring and about Rascal Flats. But the police officer was an actor. And then the explanation of why she faked her death is so great. See, about a month before, your mom had gotten drunk, wandered into a charity auction and bid $30,000 for a date with Gene Simmons outbidding everyone else by $29,800. She didn't want to pay. So she faked her death, moved to Nevada, and reinvented herself as Diana Tremaine. Now she's using the name Diana Tremaine, which is just like icing on the cake of Eleanor being pissed (laughs) because that's her fake ID name. Mm -hmm. 
So they're scoping out the street, this really nice suburban, they call the McMansions type street. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're wondering which one she could be living in. But again, they don't know the details. They just know what Janet found out from Facebook. A really good Michael line. Thank goodness you humans willingly give up all your private information so you can use an app to put a dog nose on your selfies. <laughs> That's funny. That's a really funny line. Michael reminds Eleanor here before anything happens that we're here to help her her mom. We're trying to get her into the good place. This isn't about you. You've got to handle this the right way. As he's saying this, we see Diana, Donna, getting out of her car and going home and cut to Eleanor knocking on the door saying, how could you do this to me? <laughs> Theme song happens there. I think that's yeah. really relatable because you can picture what you would do if you could have that conversation with a family member that you thought yeah. you'd never get to speak to again and if you could really get all that stuff off your chest you think how you're going to handle it and you're going to handle it so well and then you're there and the person's there and all the emotions and sense memories keep flooding back in so you instantly just ah I'm angry and sad and you talk yeah. about regressing in this episode. I think the way that Eleanor regresses back to a child in this episode works really well because she's presented so with her mom. I think this episode gets a lot right with the parent relationship that's complicated where the previous episode did not. Because here, again, Eleanor has a young mom who's a shitty mom. Their relationship is weird. But they do manage to pull in an emotional thread here that works really well where they didn't last week. I think so. I think that even if you haven't been in this exact situation it's a very relatable storyline with Eleanor, whether it's a feeling of a parent or like a friend or like a significant other. And you're like, well, they were this way with me and now they're this way with someone else. Like why and it feels this... unfair. It does. It's like, why yeah. didn't I get the healthy version of this person? Why didn't I get the adventurous version of this person? Why or didn't alternatively, I get, you know... why do this new partner, this new child get the good life with this person when mm -hmm. I was tormented and traumatized yeah. by this person? That's not fair either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this handles it all very, very well while keeping it funny. Yeah, I think it's really smart. It's such a weird specific, oh, my mom faked her death and now her new family gets the good her. Most people haven't experienced that, but we can tie it to something, a feeling that but we all have. plenty can, of people know the does. experience of my dad really fucked up. They got yeah. divorced. He got remarried. And now he's just a weirdly good dad to this yeah. new young kid that wasn't even his kid. Like Stuff like that mm -hmm. I think is very, very common. So we're inside Eleanor's mom's house or Dave's house as we soon learn. And her mom is kind of unconvincingly saying – Oh, yay, you found me. Good job. <laughs> She's going to explain everything. Just take a breath. And she says here, and also, why don't you introduce me to sexy, stretched out Alex Trebek over here That's talking so about funny. Michael? It's a funny line. I think Eleanor's mom is really funny. I think I do her too. line delivery is really funny. She's a lot like Eleanor. And you also get why she would be so impossibly frustrating to have as a parent. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really great character. I don't know the actress's name, but I think I don't either, but she, I like her really shines in this episode when she's just kind of been annoying before. Mm -hmm. We learn here, someone asks, so who's the McMansion belong to? And it belongs to Dave, the guy that she's been with for a while. And she's, she says, His napkins are made out of, like, shirt material. Cloth. <laughs> Michael's like, cloth? Cloth. Oh. <laughs> here, Eleanor's starting to put it all together and says to Michael that this is a, a, a scam. And says to her mom here, right up front, that this is a scam. This can't be real. She can't even think about any of this as being a real thing. Just mm -hmm. instantly like, oh, I get this. This is all fake. But no, this is as real as the nails under my acrylic nails. <laughs> 
Eleanor has this feeling that she knows her mom will always be the same. She says, I knew you were an Arizona trash bag baking in the sun or something like that. Yeah. And I know that because I was right there with you. She thinks, well, I grew up. I saw how you were. You were unfailingly the same. There's no chance that you're living this like weird, happy life. There has to be mm-hmm. a catch. And there is, but it's not as easy as it seems. Yeah. Just at this moment, Dave arrives home, played by Andy Daly from Review. They did talk about it in the episode. They said, are you listening, Steven? This is Andy Daly. He's on Review. Zach likes that show. You didn't You didn't catch that part? I think they cut that out. That was in the director's commentary. Yeah. So Dave shows up and introduces himself. And just as Eleanor is about to go on this tear and reveal everything to him, a little girl who's just a sweet, wholesome girl who they refer to as Potato Pie. Patricia, I really like potato pie. Have you ever had a potato, potato pie? pie? Patricia, I think so. I'm into sweet potato pie. Sure. Potato pie, not sweet like potato a savory. Pie. I would assume if you don't put sweet in front of it, then potato pie would be a savory potato. But I think pie. it's like just a, a russet. term of endearment. I don't. Are you saying that you know that this is a thing, or you assume that's what they were talking about? I'm assuming they're talking. about I don't think that's what they're. I think they're talking pie. about a sweet potato pie. He didn't say sweet. But if you call your daughter, hey, my little sweet potato pie, Patricia, (laughs) that's too many words. You got to get the sweet out of there. Just enough. Because you've got little, you got potato, you got pie. You can't get rid of those. You've never been somebody's sweet little potato pie. You don't know. The girl comes in and she hugs Diana and it keeps Eleanor from saying anything. I think this is really smartly done. How Dave asks, hey, who is this? And we go into the sorority girl thing. Eleanor uh-huh. doesn't say anything because of the little girl. And it makes us and her assume that Dave also knows nothing. Later yeah. on, we learned that they're just keeping the information from the daughter. I think that's really good writing to frame I think all so of this too. this way. I think that works really well. So Eleanor goes along with this bogus story about Kappa Zeta Jones, their sorority house. And that's where we leave it here for a moment to go to Budapest, Hungary, where Chidi and Tahani are waiting in a line to see Camilla at her art installation, The Persistence of Conception. Mm -hmm. Tahani says, I have never waited in any formation, let alone a line. I hate lines, Zach. I don't do lines. You remember in high school when like the lunch line would take up the whole cafeteria? Oh my God. Never once did I wait in that shit. I walked right to the front every single time. So many things that I love to do involve a line that is unavoidable, and Gross. it does suck. There are good ones, like waiting around for Ween. It's like a tailgating experience. Mm-hmm. I could walk to the restaurant and get lunch and come back, and my spot in line still there. I was just drinking beers on the Wisconsin street all day. Nice. That's a fun way to wait in line. When <laughs> you're at Disney World and you're trying to do everything in one day, and you've got it's a busy Saturday, and every line is two and a half hours long. That has turned an awesome adventure vacation into I'm at the DMV for 18 hours Well, but even to that point, you've ruined me. I'm now a fast pass Felicia. I need one to go anywhere. (laughs) So they're waiting in line. Tahani is complaining about her sister. I'm just trying to get us through this. Man, we got a lot of episodes. Listen, we we got to chug. Chug, chug, chug along. I'm on a deadline. Not so much that. It's just, look at this. We're an hour into this nonsense. (laughs) Tahani is instantly complaining about her sister and how her art is really simple shapes and how she doesn't really get that it means anything and why people love it so much. But Jason can find the beauty in it. It's boobs. Those aren't dumb shapes. They're a pair of boobs. And then two extra side boobs. It symbolizes that boobs come in all shapes and sizes and distances apart. Boobs boobs. are beautiful. Some of them are close. Some of them are different sizes. Some of them are spread apart. And they're all beautiful. Clearly, that's what it's about. It makes sense to me. 
Tahani wants to leave the line and go help maybe one of her other friends, like Ben Affleck, who has an addiction to back tattoos, or her <laughs> other friend, Matt Damon, who has an addiction to her friend, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. That's a funny line. I like that. But Janet, who I think has a really great episode. How do you like you them apples? Get the subplot or not, I think Janet has some really good moments in this episode here. When she throws down the truth to Tahani and says straight up, your relationship with Camilla is why you were not able to get enough points to get to the good place. And mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a big part of what's holding her back, too. So go talk to your sister. Stick it out. That's why we're here. Don't be complicated and confusing. And I really like how this episode has a big earned thing for these two sisters. But it doesn't yeah. come easy because it never has. It does not. And I think that that's really smart, too. If it was just simple, straightforward, I think that it would have had a lot less emotional impact. I think because of how they've painted Camilla throughout it's the show so far. three seasons of them really, like, don't even talk about Camilla. Yeah. Like, truly, she said, like, don't say her name around me. I'll flip. So she says that she'll stick around, but she refuses to wait in a line, and, like, Karen stomps her way to the front of the <laughs> line to where Camilla is, like, serving up omelets at an omelet bar, and that's her <laughs> art piece we learn here. And Camilla chastises her sister for waiting in line. Says, oh, you're waiting in line to see me. Hilarious. And then she like speaks in a weird artsy code to her patron and gives them some fancy words that I don't mm-hmm. know, so I can't recap. And then serves the up an omelet. The of your spirit are full of antiquated plumbrance. <laughs> Great job. I think that was it exactly. Serves her up her <laughs> omelet. And then I like Camilla says, napkins are in forks are in the back. <laughs> and Tahani immediately calls this out as stupid. I think this is all very smart because it's almost like Camilla is doing this to do something that Tahani won't get and will mm-hmm. make a scene out of not getting it. It makes her feel Absolutely. even higher on her horse. I really like all that. And Camilla says, yes, of course, you wouldn't get it. Camilla comes off really bad, I think, in, yeah. in the majority of this episode. Do we get an episode later on with more Camilla where she seems more like a person? I don't think this so. This is it. You think this I is I think it? this is it. Okay. So Tahani doesn't want an omelet. She just wants a quick sisterly chat. But that ends the exhibit forever. No one can ever see it again or get a refund. Camilla dings a bell and says, everybody, no more, no more. Is that yours? <laughs> yeah. Because I found a continuity error in the episode that I'll mention in a moment. But mm-hmm. she says, no more, everyone. We're going to go walk over here and talk under my many famous paintings. We'll have a conversation. <laughs> And then we get this runner of these two Hungarian people that are mm-hmm. just watching and commentating on everything Camilla does. Yeah. They just love her so much. And then Chidi sheepishly also speaks their language with them. It's like, huh, sisters? <laughs> Chidi has a good episode here, too, for just being yeah, a, he a side character in a subplot. This is where we get the beginning of the subplot that you don't get with Jason and Janet. Jason yeah, I think Janet, I only get this, what I'm assuming is this first scene. This moment. They're walking through the museum, and Jason says, let's pretend to be on a fancy date. Oh, that's not in mine. In mine, it starts with him like with a rolled up magazine, and he's like, when you're looking at art. No, before that, let's pretend to be on a fancy date. And Janet has this nervous laugh and says, oh, my God, that is so weird to, to say or to see or to hear even that you would say that. And Jason... Then does this thing and looks closely. And he's like, if you look closely at the art, you can see wow. the interpretation. And then he, he says, like Albert Einstein once said, E equals Mick 2. Oh, that's not it. I think that's that so funny. He's that's like, look at funny. the interpretation. E equals Mick 2. <laughs> Janet says, I know you're just being silly and effortlessly charming, but 
this painting that you just pointed at is actually the most expensive painting in the room, being worth $39.2 million. So then Jason starts looking around at all the paintings and pointing at them and saying, how much is this one worth? How much is this one worth? And one's like $12 million and one's like $3 million. And then he points at one and Janet says, that one's actually only worth $200 because it's a forgery. It's a fake. The curator of the museum thought they were buying the original, but the dealer swapped it for a forgery so they could sell the original on a black market. But then a fire destroyed the curator's collection. And Janet says, looks like the painting is a fake, but karma's real, am I right? Because his original was destroyed. It do the original doesn't exist anymore. This is a That's whole not thing. not at all. Yeah, this is, it's a whole thing, and they come back to it several times. Oh, my God. <laughs> she says that the red dye that they used in the fake that's in the museum didn't even exist in the 1800s when the original artist did it. And Janet's like, I can see the incorrect molecules. Come on, people. <laughs> How do you not notice it? <laughs> Jason comes in close to Janet and says, you know what this means? And she says, no, what? And he says, we get to do an ethics. And then it cuts away from that scene. Wow. So they found this fake painting, totally gone from your episode, and that's a subplot in this episode. Not even a little of. bit yeah. of okay. that. So in Mind's Act, just so you know, so they it starts yeah. with the telescope, then they see the one so that's most expensive, and then he's like, wow, can you do that? Do you know? He's like, oh, I forgot you know everything. He's like, how much yes. is that one? And she says yes. it, and then they walk around a corner. He's like, oh, that one has a lot of colors. I bet that one's really expensive. And she says, actually, that one's like this much money. But it's not 200, like it's something like less than the other numbers. And then huh. he's like, can we go around doing this? And she's kind of like, uh -huh. um, uh, okay. And then that's all you get of them. Yeah, they used some like ADR and changed it up a little bit because all mm -hmm. of that to a point. But she says, no, this one's $200. It's actually fake. And that scene happened. Crazy. Wow. It's really cool to get both angles of the episode. It is. I like it. After this, we're back at Dave's house. I like that. He checks Making his Apple stuff. Watch. He says, I just checked my Apple Watch, and it's Marga Clock. And he comes out <laughs> with a tray full of margaritas. Dave is fucking awesome. He is awesome. And his little friendship that buds with Michael is really funny and cute. Mm -hmm. He asks what Michael does, and they bond over being architects. And they have both had to start over on a project from scratch, and they know how hard that is. Really funny line when Eleanor's mom says, Dave's real good. You should see the new Hooters on I-15. It looks classy, like a bank. <laughs> Eleanor says, how did you two loved rats meet? And we get the story that we talked a little bit about before. Dave was going to tear down a condemned bar and ran into Diana there, who was having a very stiff drink very early in the day. <laughs> I like the way when he says, "Yeah, oh yeah, you're right. It was, it was quite early. Quite early. He says that he told her the bar was closing and then she immediately held a knife to his face. <laughs> and he says he would have been scared had she not been the most beautiful woman in the world. And honestly, sometimes that is how it is. I get it. There can be strong, crazy vibes, but you're like, maybe I can fix her. I, I don't care for this show because of the ending kind of ruined it for me. And in hindsight, a lot of the stuff is not great. Hi, I'm at your mother. There's an episode yes. of like the crazy hot scale, which is probably super misogynistic and bad. Yeah. But there but is hey, some truth. Wayne to Brady it, was on maybe that not. show. Wayne Brady. I like Wayne Brady. Can't go wrong. Pansexual yeah. Wayne Brady. Pansexual Wayne Brady, <laughs> which is the highest tier of Wayne Brady so far, which is saying something because I like pretty, Wayne Brady. Pretty high. Mm hmm. So they meet. Next thing they know, they're outside on a broken toilet playing tonsil tennis. <laughs> and then the great writing changes. of that like little phrase. Eleanor is really grossed out by it. And then the subject has changed to how did 
you and Michael meet? How did you two meet? And Michael says really shadily, we live in the same neighborhood. And then Andy What a Daly, fun way to say a normal thing. He's so good. <laughs> he has the best line deliveries. Mm-hmm. What a fun way. <laughs> so Diana has to run because there's this PTA meeting where she's running for secretary. And she and the family all have to leave to go to this meeting. Except for Patricia. Patricia sticks around because we see her a little later. Michael tells Eleanor, you know, I, we're here to help fix your mom, but it seems like she's doing really well on her own. But Eleanor still, none of this means anything to her. She's buying nothing. And she's going to find a way to take her down after I finish Dave's amazing margarita. And they both sip on their drinks. Michael's not even a tequila guy. That delivery really was great. I'm not even a tequila guy. That's fantastic. What could a margarita do different from other margaritas to convince the non-tequila guy? It's all about the margarita mix yourself. If you make your own with your own like syrup, simple syrup and the right mix of like lime juice. Dave probably and... does even make his own simple syrup. I'm sure Dave makes his own simple syrup. And he'll tell that you about it too. That guy's got a garage. Anyone yeah. who drinks some, he tells like the process, like every bit of how he did it. I can get behind that. Like just as much as people are like, oh, I wet my beans and grind them myself for my coffee. I've been getting really like in-depth, like crazy coffee videos lately. I don't know mm. why. I don't drink I coffee I miss being often, a barista. But... Making coffee is fun. Baristo. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to a continuity error, I believe. Last we left Camilla and Tahani. Camilla says, let's go talk over here under all my paintings. Cut to now they're having a chat still at the front of the line at the mm-hmm. omelet station. Yeah. Get it together. Good place. Maybe Camilla was like, you know what? My fans are here. I'm going to grace them, bless them with getting to come talk to me here. At well, she table. says that she's concerned because they're installing this for the first time and she wants to make sure everything is right. And Tahani says, God forbid the scallions are in the wrong bowl. People <laughs> might accidentally think this is stupid. That's funny. <laughs> but after that, and I love that here Tahani is making the apology that she's come here to do. But it doesn't work and it shouldn't mm-hmm. work. She just like tore down her sister's art. I don't get it and I don't think anyone else should get it either. But then she takes a deep breath and says, you know what? I'm sorry for my part in our relationship. Uh, that's really bad. I hope you can forgive me. And it it's said with some heart, but it just hasn't been earned yet. Tahani doesn't quite know her place or how Camilla fits into feeling these same things yeah. her entire life too. So Camilla thanks her but then turns it down and says – is that all then? And she leaves. Well, in Tahani's mind, Camilla's only ever one. She's always on the right side. She's the one that the parents liked more. She's the one that's the big success. Everything good comes to her. So if in Tahani's imagine mind, how traumatic and hard that is to have to yeah. be that person from the time you're just developing your personality. Mm-hmm. But from Tahani's point of view, she doesn't see any reason why Camilla would be mad at her i mean yeah. sure camilla's the one who owes the apology more so in tahani's mind but this puts tahani all up in a huff and she throws an egg but it happens that she throws it at an artwork of an egg so the hungarians are there like <laughs> oh my god another triumph camilla does it again <laughs> it was all on purpose the storm of tahani was part of the art exhibit mm-hmm. and the throwing an egg at an egg was it was all planned camilla's a genius Meanwhile, back in Nevada, Michael is admiring Dave's plans and blueprints for a suburb dealership slash burlesque club. Subaru. Subaru. That, that was an autocorrect mistake. And yeah, maybe take your eyes off the teleprompter, Zach, and speak from your heart. 
nobody wants that. The Subaru dealership <laughs> slash bur- burlesque club, looking at that, Michael says, man, Nevada's a mess. <laughs> While Eleanor is ransacking Patricia's room. Which is not great behavior on Eleanor's end. No, but she knows in her house she found her mom hiding getaway cash in case she ever had to leave and expects mm-hmm. that she's doing the exact same thing for when her mom bails this family too. Was this line in your episode? She says before she disappears like Kaiser Sose right after nope, he admitted to groping all of those people. Yeah. A reference to a very new news story at this time, Kevin Spacey Kevin being Spacey. accused of sexual assault. Yeah. I like that they made that joke. I do too. I like they left it in, too. Yeah. Okay, NBC, the execs getting ballsy. I don't think it's too hard to take a firm stance against Kevin Spacey. I feel like that's, that's fair. easy. Even though he ended up having all of his stuff thrown out. Did he? He's like in movies again, yeah. But I still think it's a pretty easy opinion to be like, that guy's creepy. Yeah. And suddenly he was always creepy, and how did we not all know? I We've seen American Beauty so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Patricia enters her room catching Eleanor, and Eleanor tries to change the subject by being like, hey, how old, how, how old are you? Three? I'm nine. Cool. I don't know anything about kids. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense that Eleanor would be so confused by kids because yeah. she never quite developed that far past one, and mm-hmm. I think it works really well, and they bring it back a couple of times and made me laugh each time. Yeah. Eleanor asks her if Diana has ever had her hide anything, but doesn't get anything from Patricia. She only has, no, she's really nice to me, and she buys me gifts. She buys me all these stuffed animals, which Eleanor grabs and has a knife in her hand. It's like, yeah, and what if I did a little surgery on this animal and see what's (laughs) up in there? One of my favorite very small jokes, Michael grabs her, takes her away, and says, okay, Doc McStuffins, let's go Yeah, that was great. Love a Doc McStuffins reference. Now we're outside the house. Eleanor has a new plan. You casually mention that you're rich and seduce Donna. When she goes for you, it will prove that this whole thing is a sham. First things first, do you have a penis? I will not seduce Donna. (laughs) And he says, no, I could never do that. I'd be going against architect's code. I couldn't Mm -hmm. do that to Dave. I like, he kind of like deflects the question too, which I think is funny. No, he probably doesn't have a penis and he doesn't want to bring up what's there. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's some black hole type. Well, but chasm. Michael's curious enough about humans. He might have given himself a penis. To but play maybe with. he like got it really wrong and he's embarrassed about that. it. <laughs> Michael, changing the subject, says that he thinks Donna is happy here. But Eleanor can't accept that, doesn't want that, doesn't want her to be happy, and has to Mm -hmm. prove that this is a scam somehow. Then Michael tries out a stern but caring dad vibe. Little girl, young lady, you march right in there and be nice and apologize to that little girl. And he's right, but it's not the right vibe. It doesn't work at all. (laughs) Big swing and a miss. (laughs) She was like, not even a little bit. (laughs) Back in the museum, Jason is wondering how many trophies they'll get for finding the fake painting. He's like, well, so they'll probably give us a trophy, but will they give both of us one? I don't, and will we get to share? So we don't have to share them, so we can have different like trophy times. And then he says, really excitedly, I have so many questions about trophies. That's funny. Janet, though, she's not sure if revealing the fake in the museum is the right thing ethically because it could cause some unnecessary harm. The curator could lose her job and reputation. But on the mm-hmm. other hand, thousands of people are paying to see a fake painting, and they don't know it. But the curator doesn't know that it's fake either. Jason says, this is a real canon dorium. Nice. 
Janet thinks it might be okay to keep the secret, and she starts immediately using this to reference how she feels about Jason. It, mm. it might be okay to keep the secret, to keep things going the way that they are. Things are going well, and it's nice. Maybe we should just keep it on the down low and not tell anybody you're in love with them. And Jason's <laughs> like, what? She's like, don't worry. We're still talking about your thing. <laughs> then Jason has an idea and once again comes in real close proximity to Janet. He says, I have an idea, but it's going to take a long time. And Janet's like all flustered. And he says, you're not sick of hanging out with me yet, are you? And she's like, no, I'm not sick. Let's hang out. So let's try your long plan. And then Jason grabs her hand and they run through the museum to go do a thing. That's Aww. that scene. That's it's cute. cute as fuck. Mm-hmm. Tahani says to Chidi that Camilla turned down her apology. And obviously that's going to totally keep Camilla from having any progress towards the good place. Also, I'm going to strangle her, which is going to totally <laughs> keep her from getting any air to her lungs. Kind of a dumb line, but yeah. point made. So Chidi says, you know what? Maybe I'll go talk to her and try a little third party mediation. Mm-hmm. And walks over to Camilla, introduces himself as Tahani's friend Chidi. She says Chidi is an Igbo word. Is that right? Igbo? I think so. Ebo An Igbo word that means Igbo, God exists. I think. Sorry, I don't know the etymology of your name, but... All of your fears are now mine. What did she say? What? I don't know. Sorry, I got distracted. She's amazing. All of my fears are hers now. Of course they are. <laughs> of course they are. And then Tahani walks over to Camilla and her art exhibit, grabbing an axe along the way, and threatens her with, you know, I've grown so much, and you refuse to grow, and I'm going to show you how much I've grown and how better I am now. I will smash your stupid art exhibit into bits. But Camilla doesn't go on the defensive. She continues to egg on Tahani Mm -hmm. and brag about her boldness and her good eyebrow jeans. And the eyebrow one really makes Tahani snap. And she begins hacking at the exhibit, which Chidi freaks him out. And he says, oh, no, my fears are mine again. (laughs) Now we get to see the assembly hall of MGM Grand Resort. What is it? MGM Grand, MGM Grand Luxury, Luxury Resort, Resort and Casino, and Casino June, elementary, uh, elementary school. school. She's nine. Dave and Michael are continuing to bond cutely over their architectural knowledge, talking about how this is more of an auditorium. Diana mm-hmm. then is called to the stage to give a speech. I think it's a really good moment for the character because she speaks very much in the way we know that she would speak, but is able to convict that I was on a messy path and a little girl really helped change me. Mm-hmm. And I want to be a member of this school board so I can make this a better place for her and for all the other yeah, kids like that make speech. people feel that way. It's I think sweet. it's a really good moment. And it's really important to chip away at Eleanor just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because she's not hiding anything. She's talking about how drunk she would get all the time. And yeah. How she used to be more of a pub crawl kind of girl. And I think it's really sweet and a really nice moment. She speaks really well. And it speaks to Eleanor, but it also really triggers her. Because yeah. she's hearing, she, she sees Patricia here. She sees her mom talking about the sweet little girl and looking at Patricia. And she's like, what about me? What about when I was a sweet little girl? Why didn't mm-hmm. I get any of this? She wasn't there at all for Eleanor. I mean, she didn't yeah. show up for anything. Pretended she I died. understand why this would really upset you. Of course. Experiencing this. Like, this would be something that would piss me off. Why wasn't I good enough for you to be here doing this, you know? Such an important universal truth of it is hard to let people that traumatize you go off and live a better life. But at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, it is always better that they are living a better life instead of traumatizing more people. Agreed. 
it doesn't make it any less sad to like let go of all of that and to feel about your own trauma. But I think it's a really important lesson and for a show like this to teach that lesson in a way that makes a lot of sense and in a way mm-hmm. that has a lot of jokes, I think is really important. So Michael and Dave are still talking and you hear Dave say, Well, it was the first Hooters ever made out of brick, sort of inspired by Monticello. <laughs> Eleanor comes up and interrupts their conversation and says, hey, Mark. No, I know your name's Dave. I'm calling you a Mark. It's really brutal and savage here, the way Eleanor takes him down. She spills the truth to him, the lies, the deceit, all of this. She lied about me. She lied about dying. She lied about it all to you. But, and it's a beautiful reveal, and Andy Daly plays it off so well here. Of course, he's the type of weirdo that she's told him all of this, and he thinks it's hot. Yeah. He knows all about it. She told him everything the first night they met. Well, not the first night. That was mostly sex. (laughs) But the next day, and when Eleanor's all uncomfortable talking about sex, he says, your mother is a very confident and selfish lover. And Michael says, yikes. Yikes. And he says, no, 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 it's perfect. I don't know what I want. (laughs) It made me laugh really hard. That's really funny. And the smart thing here that makes perfect sense and is really mature, they're just keeping the information from Patricia until she's a little older and can maybe understand it. But Eleanor still, no, this is a scam, I'm convinced, and I think this is probably true for people in situations like this. Well, that can't be true because I have these memories from when I was a kid, like when my mother would steal groceries all the time by causing a distraction. And Dave says, well, that might be true, but she's always been honest to me. And her wild side kind of gets his motor running. Mm-hmm. She's turning me into a bit of a bad boy. <laughs> Did you decide, are we going with I was a fancy boy or pretty boy? Where are we going You with have said fancy and pretty all yourself. I have not yeah. once well, used one of like we agree. to describe you. <laughs> I feel like we agree on me being pretty fancy. You're the one who said all the poon at the Dave Matthews Band concert is going to turn their eyes right to you the second you step on the scene. So much to the point that you could never comfortably go to one Zach, of those shows. Zach, you've never seen the look. In a 40-something Caucasian woman with a short, trendy haircut's eyes when you salsa dance them for six seconds. See, that's the mistake that you make. Nobody is making you salsa dance to Ants Marching by Dave Matthews Band. You know, I had a couple that came in to take lessons that that was their wedding song. Hmm. I was so disappointed when I found out the bumper sticker everyone has of the dancing lady was Dave Matthews Band. Made me so sad. I thought it was going to be something cool. Mm-hmm. It's not. <laughs> Eleanor walks off with Michael, and she totally gets it now. This is part of the scam. She's lulling him in to make it easier to break away. And Michael has a really good line saying, Come on, Eleanor. I changed. You changed. Maybe she can change, too. Which mm-hmm. is a hard truth to hear and an even harder one to accept and to let it sink in. Because she's, no, no way, no. And we're getting closer to this big emotional moment that Kristen Bell does so, so well. I think she's so good in this episode. She can't accept that her mom's living a better, good, honest life and becoming a better mom. And she blows up. Because I wanted that mom. I wanted the mom who made me afternoon snacks. Instead of just telling me to look for loose fries in the McDonald's ball pit. Why does Patricia get that mom? If Donna Shellstrop has truly changed, then that means she was always capable of change. But I just wasn't worth changing for. I think no matter what, no matter what your situation with your parents Mm -hmm. is, I think this is a pretty universal moment. Like, why does all this matter to me? Because I had a hard childhood and I wish it could have been better or I wish you could take more responsibility for that. 
it's not because uh, it's just it's a really hard thing that I think is very universal. And I think mm-hmm. Kristen Bell delivers this moment, and even with the McDonald's joke in the middle of it, so humanly, so well, so 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 good. Even down to as somebody with siblings, knowing hmm. that I got a different version of my mom hmm. than my brother and sister did, and feeling any sort of jealousy or things like that that can yeah. sneak in, or even a parent with their parents seeing how they are as grandparents and how differently they think, like, even down to that. Or see how your parents are experience. with your kids versus how they were with you. Yeah. It's, I just it, fucking oh. said exactly what and it's I also said, kind Zach. of like you know if you have siblings and you're the oldest <laughs> sibling <laughs> eleanor feels like the problem is her that mm-hmm. her mom didn't change for her because she wasn't worth changing michael it's sweet and it's sad he says as your designated father figure i feel like i need to say something supportive but I'm just kind of lost right now. I don't really know what to tell you. Yeah. That's interrupted by the tally of the votes being in. Diana wins in a landslide, and Eleanor definitely was the one ride in for both of these nuts. And <laughs> she makes a face, and Michael makes a face. And come on, you're not my real dad. Lay off me. <laughs> Later on, Eleanor's congratulating her mom in the laundry room. I like the line, so I got this job. I don't really know how it works. I'm going to have to get a calculator and maybe like a globe. <laughs> I don't really... <laughs> Eleanor apologizes to her mom and apologizes for not thinking this was real or that she'd be able to commit to anything and is able to admit now that maybe she was wrong. I really like all the moments when her mom has the, oh, baby, that's so sweet. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Those are really good, nice moments. So Eleanor decides to offer some laundry help, goes to grab a box of laundry detergent, and Donna immediately wrestles her for it. Definitely. That's for my delicates. Don't touch that. Eleanor knows something's up because you don't wash your bras. So they have this scuffle. Eleanor is able to get the lid off the box and sees that it's full of her escape cash. That's such a bad hiding spot. Does, yeah, Dave very seems, bad. is a clean, fancy, pretty boy. He would look in the laundry detergent at some point. Not if she does all the laundry, Zachy. He Maybe that's their domestic agreement. Eleanor is suddenly, like you said, this makes you worried because it's all the backpedaling. Eleanor Mm -hmm. is proven right. My mother is a con artist. Gotcha. Yeah. Now we get Jason and Janet. Janet is now painting the painting, making a new of the painting. Oh, my God. Yeah. So she has recreated the painting. She's painting it. And Jason says, that's so beautiful. That could be like a screensaver. (laughs) Jason has some really funny stuff in this one. I'm sad I didn't. That you'll it. never get to see. Yeah. Janet says, I'm using the exact same brush strokes and paint as Jorge Albin did in 1921. Although, unlike Albin, I won't die of undiagnosed syphilis. Oh my God. But then Janet goes on to say, and this is a great Jason moment. Janet says, You know, I'm doing this. We're making a maybe a slightly better version of the fake painting, but it's still a fake. I'm not sure that this solves any problems. There's still a forgery. And Jason has a little thing, and then he says, well, what's more amazing than a painting done by a Janet, an awesome, all-knowing being, the only Janet on Earth? They're not getting exactly what they thought they were getting, but at least they're getting something really special. And they, like, smile real big at each other, and it's schmoopy, and it's awful, awful sweet. That's adorable. I think that's the end of that storyline. I think that's what you missed. But it's worth watching a 27-minute version of this episode because I feel like that's an important step on our way to following up on Janet and 
Jason. And I feel like when they do bring it up, it'll feel less out of nowhere for where we are in the show because they just kind of referenced it a bunch. Now, Chidi and Tahani are in cuffs at the museum. They're sitting down. I don't really understand why Chidi is cuffed. He didn't actually do anything. He just like Mm -mm. stood there and was a bystander. But they're both cuffed. Chidi says, oh, so not only do I have to be damned for all eternity after this, I get to spend all of this life in Hungarian prison (laughs) for destruction of art. That's fun. (laughs) And Tahani immediately, she's continuing to talk down on her sister's art and how it's so simple and how her parents would never approve of this. She says, don't you think your parents would be super proud? They named this whole place after her. But Tahani brings up how hard it was for them to get their parents' attention, their approval, and how often they'd pit the sisters against each other, where we get a really quick but really meaningful flashback of them as children. Mm -hmm. It's funny. It's sad. It's all the things that a scene like this needs to be. And I think the girl who's playing young Tahani has it down to a T. A hundred percent. Especially the voice. Yeah. So the sisters have four hours to create a painting of their favorite moment in French history. The winner will be displayed prominently at the party they're hosting and the loser they'll use their art to stoke the flames of the fire for the party tonight (laughs) that's all there really is to it it's just showing tahani's realizing how hard that must have been for camilla too yes it was hard for her and maybe it's nice that camilla has gotten all this acclaim and attention but can you imagine like tahani's gotten to live this life with a little lesser expectation Mm -hmm. and that might be kind of the nicer more lackadaisical life to live so Tahani realizes through this the meaning of her sister's paintings, that it's their parents together and them separate, and how mm-hmm. their parents would separate them from each other, keep that distance between them. And Chidi says, you're the boobs? Sorry, when Jason <laughs> said it, that's all I could see. <laughs> Tahani walks over to her sister. I really like how she does this, wrapping her cuffed arms around her to hug her. Mm-hmm. And her sister says, What? But Tahani apologizes and keeps the hug going and finally says things like, I see my part in this. I see how hard what our parents did would have been for you. Mm-hmm. I am so sorry. That really sucked. And yeah. Camilla breaks her facade down, says, thank you. They really did suck, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And they bond over this, which I think is really nice. Really sweet moment that, for That moment sisters. has a lot of emotional heart to it. I really if it is it. the last we see of Camilla, even though we never got to see her be a true, fully realized person, she does mm-hmm. let that facade down, and this is the beginning of a big change for her, I think. So the sisters share their tender moment, and Camilla has them let her and Chidi go. While the Hungarian fans are still standing there gawking in wonder of Camilla and how brave she is and how she'll just help out anyone. Mm-hmm. Eleanor confronts her mom back at the house. And I really, really like this scene. I really like the explanation we get. I do too. The mom has changed, but it's hard to see that in yourself. Things have been going really good for her, but she feels like this could be taken away from her at any second because it's too good. And she yeah. feels like maybe I'll just need to run. Maybe I'll need to start a new life or maybe I'll just be out on my own. So yes, I've sneaked a little cash. I take a little money every now and then and I put it here just in case everything blows up. Which I think is also a semi-relatable feeling too. I know that especially if you have had past experiences where you felt like abandoned or betrayed or things, sometimes you're just kind of waiting for that ball to drop. And I think that it's such a healthy thing to be able to move past that onto, okay, I don't have a backup ready because I'm going to put myself fully into this experience. And I think that Eleanor being able to see that and pointing out, Patricia deserves you being all in. Like, Dave deserves you being all in. Like, you deserve that. Yeah. And I think how Eleanor instantly sees that that's why the money is there, not because she's planning to leave, but because she's scared she's going to have to. 
And I think that it's really beautiful, Eleanor, to see that within her mom and to yeah. be able to offer helpful advice instead of saying like, ah, you're just the same as you are. While still feeling just as sad and confused mm-hmm. about the whole situation. I really like the moment when Eleanor starts on that trail. You know, she's like, oh, yeah, I did this. I did this. She says, are you happy? And Eleanor's like, no, I'm, I'm not happy. She would have been happy in a couple hours ago to find all this mm-hmm. out. But now she's not. Her mom has been fighting this basic life that she's gotten into. You love this suburban life. I don't love it so much. I am not basic. Yeah, basic. No, mom. Yeah, basic. And that's okay. Let me ask you something. Why are you wearing yoga pants? Well, on Tuesday nights, I do restorative yoga with a bunch of moms from Patty's school. And what do you do after yoga? We split avocado egg rolls at the Cheesecake Factory. But we also drink. What do you drink? Chardonnay with ice cubes. (sighs) And after one glass, I get sleepy. So I usually switch to water so I can drive home like a nerd. (laughs) I know a lot of people have have seen that happen to themselves, gone from the crazy (laughs) Mm -hmm. wild teenager rebellious 30-year-old to an adult in their 40s who now can only take one drink and wants to go home and watch Wheel. (laughs) That's how you know when you shorten it to Wheel. That's when you know you've hit it. 7.45, or no, it's 5.45. We don't want to miss Wheel. Eleanor comforts her. She talks her into giving up the money to Patricia to set her up a college, maybe get her a a crib or a car. I don't know, kids. (laughs) I also like it first when she says, you know what you have to do with the money. Her mom says, give it to Gene Simmons. No, (laughs) give it to Patricia. Oh, my God. Break the chain of shell-strop mother-daughter crappiness. You have a do-over, so you should use it. Then Don is able in this moment to be a little more vulnerable and mm-hmm. say that she left Eleanor and their family because she was ashamed of the mess she'd made of it. She wanted a new life to be able to start over, to be selfish, to get another chance. Oh, that line wasn't in mine. Oh, really? Yeah. Like many of these shows that have done similar episodes, like literally Community that did the Thanksgiving episode where Jeff has to deal with his father's crappiness Mm -hmm. and has to come to terms with how he's doing better on his second go around. I think this is all earned so well and it doesn't just feel like the sappy Hallmark card version of this story. And she's able to tell Eleanor like a lot of these moms in these moments do that, you know what? You turned out great anyway, despite everything I did that would have held you back and good for you. Mm -hmm. And they hug and Eleanor says, you've got cash in your bra. That's why I never wash it. <laughs> Did you have this scene? Janet is driving a car and Jason, Tahani, and Chidi are in the car with her. I don't think so. Chidi says, Janet, I can't believe that cop pulled you over just to tell you you oh, were driving Oh, yes, I perfectly. did get that. And Janet says, well, I was. Mm-hmm. This is important. I see why they'd have this. Because an article drops about Camilla's new art piece and also mm-hmm. credits Tahani as co-artist which is a really nice moment. That's a big thing of Camilla, to give up some of her credit to Tahani. Tahani takes that, sees it, but says she really should have named the piece A Buried Hatchet, right? (laughs) Such a better title. I'll call and rub it in. (laughs) She says, maybe give it a minute. Jason, this probably wasn't in your episode, or was Jason got Janet a trophy for helping. No. Jason got Janet a trophy for helping, and Janet says, Jason, I love you. I love it. I love oh my you God. for, listen to this. Jason, I love you. I love it. I love you for thinking of me for it. I love you for me for it. <laughs> and then he holds up another trophy and he's like, I also got myself one so we don't have to share. <laughs> and that's the end of that scene. That's funny. Outside of Dave and Donna's home, 
Dave runs out to meet Eleanor and Michael as they skedaddle. I really like the use of that word. Mm -hmm. Dave is such a skedaddle guy. You can see it all over him. He says it was nice to meet them. And if you want, you can call me dad. I don't want. (laughs) But take care of my (laughs) dirtbag mom. Michael then gives Dave a blueprint with some ideas for his project that he's stuck on. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot I sketched you up a little something. Some ideas there for your uh, your project? Wow. <laughs> well, this is more than a few ideas. You solved the whole thing. Columns and porticos. Uh-oh. Looks like you forgot to include bathrooms. <laughs> Oops. Just a little oversight. I certainly used the bathroom, just like anybody else. I love to sit on the the thing and just you know shoot one out eleanor i'll be in the car (laughs) shoot one out is what i'm using from now on to use that means everything to me then just as quickly eleanor i'll be in the car and he runs off (laughs) eleanor shares a lovely little moment with patricia and wishes her luck on the sats and she says i'm nine it's like "Uh, i don't uh." (laughs) know good luck at school you know what i mean we're at the last scene of the episode michael and eleanor end the episode where they started in the car after learning some new information. But Eleanor is really sad. And Michael says you should be happy. You helped your mom and you helped Patricia. It's a double happy ending. And she's aware of this, but that doesn't make her any less sad. She's Mm -hmm. glad that her mom has changed, but it doesn't fix the damage. I think this is one of the most important lines in the entire episode. This is what you should take away from this if you're someone who's going through similar situations. I'm glad my mom has changed, but that doesn't fix all the damage she did to me. Let's face it, she's the reason I could never get close to anyone. I never even told a boyfriend I love him. Even though we see so many adults that never grow because they're stuck on stuff like that, I Mm -hmm. do think there is usually a lot of truth in statements like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Her saying, this is why I could never tell a boyfriend I loved them, which I think is such a really subtle, smart, great writing Mm -hmm. transition, to Michael realizing, oh shit, I said I told you everything about your life. I didn't remember. I didn't tell you everything about your after-after life that could affect you back here. You and Chidi fell in love deeply, and you both said I love you to each other. And he said he loves you back. It was a big moment. So you should know that. You have been able to Mm -hmm. say you love someone and this opens up a lot of things. Not only does this mean, oh, shit, I had feelings for Chidi, but oh, yeah. shit, I have feelings. I can love somebody. Mm-hmm. A really big moment. She says, we did what now? And Michael, <laughs> in a very Zach Pruitt fashion, says, do you want to listen to a podcast maybe? <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. That is a fractured inheritance. I think it's a really strong episode, whether it's the extended version or the short version. I think the extended version has just as good of content added to it. It's not very often that the added content is more than chuckle worthy. This Mm -hmm. added content is like recap worthy. So seek out this longer version, anyone who hasn't seen it, to watch that Janet and Jason subplot. Really sweet. And Stephen, what do you think? You remembered this episode fondly. We had a great conversation going through it. What are you thinking as we exit the conversation? Yeah, I think this is in strong contention for episode of the season. I think it's still probably number two for me, at least so far. But I think it's a great episode. I think it really resolves. Whereas Donkey Doug was still a piece of shit. I'm sorry, you said it wrong. Try again. I was looking for Donkey Doug. Sorry. Whereas Donkey Doug <laughs> was still a piece of shit at the end of that episode, Camilla and Donna both really are shown in a better light and they both grow. I think Camilla stills kind of an asshole for a lot of the episode, but she does share a moment with Tahani that we've never seen anything close to before. Yeah. So I think that really is special. 
Well, the only thing left to do is give out our good and bad place for the week. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to see where we land, starting with the bad place. It's a little tough. There's not a ton of awful behavior here. So I think I am going to give an edge to Camilla for the bad Mm -hmm. place. Just because of how... And not that Tahani is any less standoffish to her. Yeah. But Camilla will only let that facade down for a second and nobody look at me. Tahani Mm -hmm. really puts herself out there to be like, let's open up this relationship. Camilla's just kind of hard and stoic the whole time up to the very end. I don't feel great about giving her bad place points for this episode. But I don't think I can give it to Eleanor's mom. And I don't think I can give it to Eleanor. So I think I'm going to give it to Camilla. Well, when I first finished the episode, I really had a tough time with both of these. And I was like, huh, I wonder which one. So I, I made an initial choice, but I've changed it over the course of talking about the episode. Honorable mention to Eleanor, because I think that plotting on a little kid's downfall, mm-hmm. waiting for your mom to be <laughs> Doc bad is not great. Over but here. Eleanor doesn't really do anything to hurt anyone at all. Which and she has us... a decent reason for looking yeah. for what she's looking for. I had picked Tahani originally because Tahani does actually destroy stuff, which is not good. But I think that Tahani <laughs> initially apologizing and going over and hugging Camilla, even when things were, when she had handcuffs on, net her closer to zero so camilla gets my bad place this week because i think that she until the end was pretty shitty and even when tahani apologized she was like nah i think it's a little bit harder to come up with a good place because i think by the end of the episode a lot of people have netted positive i Mm. think that Eleanor gets some positive points by the end. I think her mom gets some positive points by the end. I think Michael has a pretty solid episode. He's kind of good the whole time. And in the extended version, I think Jason. Jason. That speech he gives to Janet in the extended version, I think gets him a lot of points. Almost enough to get it, but since it's not in the official cut, I'm not going to give it to him. I'm not going to give it to any of those people. I'm giving it to Dave. Nice. Everyone who has had a troubled past like Donna, who is willing to be open and honest from jump with their next partner, deserves a Dave. And Mm, Dave is the best kind of Dave. Such a loving, supporting, weird little guy who's doing his good in his corner of weird Nevada. I'm giving it to Dave. Eight minutes into the episode, I wrote Dave's name in that (laughs) slot and was like, I'm not changing it. Eight minutes into the episode, Stephen had one note and it was Dave. And it was Dave. That's it. Dave is one of my favorite kind of one-off characters that we see. He's like a doorman type character. Exactly. He plays so well and he's just perfect in the episode. But uh, Dave gets my honorable mention this week. Fair. Mine is going to go to Donna because I think that fair Donna shows a huge amount of growth. I think that she's mature. I think, is she perfect? No, but she's getting there. And I think that she gets a lot of bonus points for me because of how much of a trash bag she was. Yeah. The fact that now she genuinely cares about a child and a person and is trying to get better. And because she was honest with Dave about everything right away, that gets some major points for me. But she would have never reached out to her abandoned daughter had Mm -hmm. she not been found out. That's true. She does a lot of good. I think that is a big bad that she does not correct Mm -hmm. that I think takes it away. That's fair. I think that's fair. But I see what you're saying. I think that's a good one. Mm -hmm. And that's our coverage of a surprise heat episode here in this section of the season that I was a little tepid going into. And no matter what, whether we've loved some of these episodes, like Jeremy, Bear Me, and this one, or I've been really glass half empty on episodes like Ballad Mm -hmm. of Donkey Doug, 
I've really been loving the run of podcasts that we're on. I've been having yeah. a lot of fun recapping all of these episodes. And next week, we're hoping to keep it up with more fun talking about episode eight or seven, if you're Steven. Chapter 34, The Worst Possible Use of Free Will. Do you remember anything about that from the title? This is a cheaty yes. episode? This I don't know. Might be. I don't a know. I don't think they do a cheaty. I don't know what's coming, but I'm excited to watch they the need episode to do it, Chidi. and to dive into it next week. We'll be here next week. And if you want more of us and you'd like to support what we're doing here, check us out at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. We're starting at $5 a month. You just look like the salt chef guy, kind of. That meme? You know what I'm talking salt about? Day? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. We have weekly Patreon exclusive podcasts that you can only get there and early access of everything we put out for free here at can't disappoint podcast. You can get it over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Steven, where else can the people find us? You know, if you really want to salt our bays, if you want to marg our Rita's, if you want to drive an ax through our eggshells, Come and check us out over on X. I remembered this week. No, uh, we should. The thing is that everybody just calls it Twitter because it makes Elon Musk mad. We say okay. Twitter. We yeah. say tweet. Come Don't see. Say you make up your goddamn mind. I agree. I know in. what you're saying. We haven't had this conversation, but I've been feeling that the last couple weeks when you've been saying Twitter. Let's just say Twitter. Uh, Elon Musk is listening and we're going to make sure he feels like you a see Elon bad Musk boy. leaked the cosplay that Amber Heard did of an Overwatch character. No. The internet gave a collective nice. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. We don't like either of you, but nice. Yeah, I don't like either of you, but well done, nice. Elon. Having your kind of famous actress, GF, cosplay a character that I'm sure she has no idea who it is for your sexual pleasure. That's love. Who Would you cosplay someone sexy for me, Zach? Yeah, I'm thinking maybe like Charizard. <laughs> I would plow. <laughs> How about a sexy Charizard? Ooh, I'd be into that. But go uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram over at Time Knife Pod. We're also on YouTube. Check out the video companion to this podcast. Get to see the the cool Zorro can here. You can it's also neat. see clearer than ever by watching us on video how many dozens of cuts there are in every episode. <laughs> of Time Knife. It's true. Yeah. This has been a lot of fun. Steven was really onto something when he said Marga Clock. I'm looking at my Apple Watch studded with, what do you call it? Spikes? Studded spikes, with spikes. Yeah. My Avril Lavigne Apple Watch. It is Marga Clock. Steven, get us out of here. All right. From inside the time knife. I'm Black no, Lives Matter. I'm Zach. Don't you dare trample black voices, yeah. Zach. I did say nope as you were saying Black Lives Matter. Let's start over. <laughs> Bla Let's try that again. Black Lives Matter. No, from no, nope, nope again. Start from the beginning. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's no. a hard no after yeah. that sentence. Hard no. Start again. I hope that they clip that. From inside the time knife, Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach, and I agree with that statement. I'm Stephen, and we love you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for hanging out, joining us in the time knife. Have a beautiful, beautiful week. Goodbye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and all those listening, go ahead and open those ears up, open those hearts, and open those cameras and scan that and QR code. Because we've got the hot track by Epic One, So Bad, So Good. Produced by Ill P. Yo, Ill P. Who is also him, I'm Yo, sure. Goodbye, everyone. Have a good week. So.
Bye. I'm so bad, I'm so good with the nicest verses. You ain't nicer than me, I'm even nice in person. But I'm so bad, I'm so nice, what makes it worse? I turn bad to good every time that I lay a verse. I'm so bad, I'm so good with the nicest verses. You ain't nicer than me, I'm even nice in person. But I'm so bad, I'm so nice, what makes it worse? I turn bad to good every time that I lay a verse. My written rap shouldn't even be called that. I'm beyond human, this is extraterrestrial contact. My brilliancy couldn't be tested by IQs. Ring a thousand ball light bulb and I'll still outshine you. You know that I'm a better artist, what I kick is too advanced But you scared to admit it, like that time that you shit your pants You get the least respect and you're new to the game Why should I respect your bars when people don't respect your stupid name? And quit forcing those weak multis when you spit those lines Rename your album to a big fucking waste of time You're just a clown in the city that's running a circuit Shit, you don't even get support from customer service I don't need to rebuttal those weak lines that you need to spit Your rhymes are equivalent to that of a piece of shit I don't need respect cause you don't even get any Before I was born I accomplished what you did in your mid-twenties I'm so bad, I'm so good with the nicest verses You ain't nicer than me, I'm even nice in person But I'm so bad, I'm so nice, what makes it worse? I turn bad to good every time that I lay a verse I'm so bad, I'm so good with the nicest verses You ain't nicer than me, I'm even nice in person But I'm so bad, I'm so nice, what makes it worse? I turn bad to good every time that I lay a verse I'll burn your whole style like the city of Sodom My raps are like a math equation, all I do is give problems And you ain't picking up up what I said, even if you had a truck, your rhymes like a parasite, you show me just how to suck. I wax you and I'll tax you without a single exception. When I die, they'll steal my work just like Tesla's inventions. Your shit got no flavor, you just have to face it, man. I don't even blame you for having no taste, I blame your fans. You don't understand what my intellect takes. They only book artists like you for us to take cigarette breaks. I can outwrite your material, don't even have to take much time. Shit, my setups hit harder than your punchlines. The first thing I thought about when you got up on the stage, these are things that I should say if I'm not. I'm trying to get laid I don't chase pussy and I don't have to be begging The chicks that I turn down are the ones that you keep on sweating I'm so bad, I'm so good with the nicest verses You ain't nicer than me, I'm even nice in person But I'm so bad, I'm so nice, what makes it worse? I turn bad to good every time that I lay a verse I'm so bad, I'm so good with the nicest verses You ain't nicer than me, I'm even nice in person But I'm so bad, I'm so nice, what makes it worse? I turn bad to good every time that I lay a verse Yeah that 2021 shit underpaid productions epic one lp moving units kid because while we putting records out y'all just busting freestyles on the corner we sell records y'all freestyle